This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, and with me today we have the return of, he is a uh, journalist, he's a filmmaker, he's a teacher, he is Zan Asli. Uh, yes, I am. Hey. He's also a parent. I am. Uh, probably the hardest job of all. <laughs> and she is a producer at BFM. She's on our show now for the second time. She was so good first time. We've been demanding her back. She is Sabrina Yusuf. Hey, hi. Thanks for having me back. I was okay. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure. I'm really glad to have you back. So our three topics this week are, topic number one is, it's it's kind of long title, which is memifying real-life events in order to cope with trauma. And topic number two is uh, mind-blowing things that parents say about how they grew up. And uh, finally, topic number three is what do you do when your heroes all die out? And does it make you feel old? So uh, we're topic number one, Sabrina, memes. Yeah, okay. So my train of thought initially was that, um, you know, there was a lot of, uh, there's, there is still a lot of talk about the whole Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial thing, whatever. Um, I'm not going to go into that specifically, even though I, I do feel like the way that people have been reacting to it is kind of strange even in a meme sort of like way so people have been making like you know reenactments of the testimonies i've seen like a tiktok of this girl like lining up in front of the courthouse from the crack of dawn just to get in you know as if it was a concert or whatever but um so it, it kind of got me into thinking of like oh do the memes that i like enjoy or like partake in okay for me because you know, it's, like, relatable. Like, when does it become, like, not nice, I guess? Is it is it only when it's no longer my trauma or is it someone else's trauma or, you know, whatever it is that they're going through? Um, so, yeah, so basically I think uh, kind of, like, thinking about, um, you know, reflecting on, like, it's not just a coping mechanism, right, using comedy and humor. I think that's kind of, like, not just a... Gen Z thing, but I guess the meme is like the modern form of that. Um, but it's also unpacking whether it's no longer just a coping mechanism. Like, are you actually processing um, the things that you're making fun of? I guess you, you mean like, are you actually bullying? Yeah, bullying in a sense, but also like yourself. Like, how how does it play into you as a person trying to go through this thing that you are using humor to kind of cope with? But is it coping? Yeah, yeah. Can I just ask for clarity? And and you do feel free to explain this as if to a child or a puppy. Um, when we say memes, we're talking about uh, like little TikTok videos, single images with captions. Or GIFs. Or... GIFs. Yeah, well, okay. Oh, I'm really, memes... it's so embarrassing for you. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to go even more basic. Is it memes or meme? <laughs> no, Zan, come on. Yeah, no, we we've crossed that. So yeah, 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 yeah. we all we all got it. It's memes. Um, <laughs> but no, see the thing about memes is also like, oh, is it a genre? Is it a category? Is it like like what is it, right? Um, because it can be a song, it can be like a captioned image, it can just be even like an idea or something that you say. A lot of the times these days, um, you know, because of the way that the internet makes everything so easy to be shared, a lot of memes have been. I guess, quote-unquote, deep-fried so many times that the original context has completely lost, you know, to oblivion. Like, it's just, you don't, it, it, it's like, oh, this is what 
this is the original the original thing like this is what people have been remixing again and again um but yeah so so uh i think that's basically the meme i don't know how to like <laughs> marry with that but it's you've done it you've done it hey uh zan you're you're um you're a father your, your kids are a bit, bit perhaps too young but uh memes as a way to overcome trauma to understand trauma oh i i, I don't know i'm um, I'm still like I was not making a joke when I was asking the question. How do you pronounce memes or meme? <laughs> uh, I I understand memes as something that is supposed to be funny, uh, uh, but for me, all memes are very annoying. And I thought that that was why it was funny. Uh, and uh, everybody who understands memes says, I do not understand memes. So if, you know, if you're saying that memes is a form of, is a way to, uh, to, to deal with trauma, um, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I think I can see it. Yeah, yeah. But it's also a common, it's a, it's a global, these are now global reference points hmm. from people uh, around the world to be able to agree perhaps on what, the stand should be because there are memes that you receive and you reject and then you rally around the ones which become the consensus sort of i guess because now it's like um i don't know maybe it's a little bit of like a lot of the younger generation also now are more open to sharing you know to just sharing like basically um for better or worse so you can relate to a person who may have gone through the same things as you have and then you see them like reacting to it in a certain way and you're like aha yeah, that is funny, but kind of sad. But I get it, you know, that's kind of like how I overcome it. So it's also like I see um, a lot of Macham tweets and memes, even TikToks of like people going, ha-ha, I'm mentally ill, ha-ha. <laughs> like, yeah, that is true. It's kind of like that, isn't it? So, but, but Sabrina, would you be tempted? Would you do that? I mean, mid or high-level trauma, would you be prepared to go public like that? I would like, I mean, I guess... In, in the social media sphere, I would like a tweet or a TikTok. I would share it with maybe people, my friends who kind of like also, you know, know stuff or like they also go through the same things. So I'm like, hey, this is funny. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it is kind of, it do be like that or whatever. And I think that is like kind of what makes it, not to make it fun or to dilute the experience in any way. I think it's just a way for us to kind of like have an outlet to make it not so scary. And to know that you're not alone. Yeah, yeah. That's commiserate, true. right? For people to commiserate with you. Mm. Community. And, community. Mm, mm. And I guess like, even before, even before, I guess, memes or the internet, I guess it's kind of always like, there's always satire and irony and parody and there's always a message um, in that that they're trying to send. But, but Sabrina, would you, be, would you be more willing to memify your trauma with total strangers in the anonymity of the internet than you would be prepared to go and talk about it with a friend or family? Me, probably not. But I think that's also like, that's also like the thing I'm also reflecting on is that when is it no longer funny to me? <laughs> you know, at yeah. what point is it, is it not like a joke anymore? Like, ah, wait, maybe not, you know? Maybe that's not it. Tapi, that's just me and my experience and my experience is unique to myself. So I don't know whether I should be, is this, you know, is this as a whole healthy for people to be doing using this as a way to cope, I guess, without actually sort of processing things properly and really reflecting on the very thing that you're trying to cope with using memes. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I have absolutely no idea because it's like it, it just 
wasn't even conceivably possibly a factor in my in in my evolution. I mean, Zan, your kids are going to go through this. I, I think so. Like my eldest daughter, she's starting to, I think, create her own memes too. Yeah. I mean, I don't, don't mean to sound like a dinosaur, but uh, it's the same way how stand-up comedians deal with stuff when they have just, you know, stand-up routines, right? And writers who would write, uh, you know, I, I don't create memes. I write, but sometimes it comes out in my writing. I guess it's the same way. <laughs> but memes have like, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah. <laughs> and what it, So what if you like open your heart and you do that meme? And then someone replies back something negative. Oh, no. That would kill me. Yeah. I think it's also like um, part of that memification, I guess, is that um, release of, you know, like, I don't care if you don't like it. This is my expression. Or it's funny to me. It's funny to my friends. So, so yeah, there's that a little bit. Uh, but, I mean, do you, do you I'm, I'm fascinated by that. I mean, do you, are you just saying that? Or are you, have you actually internalized that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's also part of it. Like, like, is this is this something that is, you know, should it really be, you know, at what point, is there really a line where memeing something to, you know, to process it becomes unhealthy, I guess. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's fun when it's, one, it's fun when it is you and it's, it's funny when it is you. It's funny when it's not you also, but it's also kind of not funny sometimes. Sure. Um, and having to navigate it, I guess. Publicly, at least digitally on the internet. At least with your friends, you kind of know each other's context, right? Yeah. Um, but with people out there, uh, like you said, that some people might not like it in a way that this hits them differently. Um, maybe they've had a certain different experience or they've had a different experience of even processing it. So it becomes, it becomes re-traumatizing even for some people. Um, yeah, and and I, I see trauma like not to say that it's like super, you know, it, it's not always graphic or whatever, but it's intimate. It's something that people are, um, I guess, generally reluctant to share, typically. So memes kind of like become that that messenger. So I don't have to say it outright, but when I share this meme, people can kind of see that this is kind of like what I'm going through, or they kind of understand that this is like, oh, <laughs> that's sad, but like how funny. I'm glad, you know, like. Making, making, um, you know, something, something good out of it in a way. Mm. God, it's a minefield, Sabrina. It's a minefield. Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, it, it would mortify me when I when I would say something that upset a friend. Mm. And I could, but I, but I had the opportunity to see it on their faces, though. Mm. I've upset them. Yeah. And then that I, I would then have to try to do something. But on the internet, I don't know if I've upset someone, and I don't care. Mm. <laughs> um. May, may I, may I, last week, uh, I facilitated a three-day workshop with undergraduate students on how they can counter hate speech, right? And a lot of them, memes is part of it, right? Uh, social media postings, uh, multimedia stories, and memes are part of it. Now, all of them actually said that, like Sabrina, like what you're saying, it's a way of dealing with trauma, uh, trauma, uh, abuse, um, hate speech against themselves, but they will, they will create all these memes to, to deal with it. But they, and these are the undergraduate students themselves are saying, it's always important to follow up with uh, physical contact of that community. If it's a, if friends, it's a group of friends, after that, they still need to have that physical contact in order to, uh, to ensure that person, you know, to be, that, that person is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we must move on, uh, not to sweep aside your, uh, the question you've raised, Sabrina, but, um, well, good luck with that. 
you know yeah, the, the advantage that i have is i did do a meme once it took me like an entire day to do nice. i was nice. working five hour shifts and as i finally like pressed the send button and it was <laughs> no, memes are hard. Yeah, it's hard. I know, and then and also work. also that it was an image that from from like a, a previous age that no one could understand. Anyway, we move on though to something actually quite related. I was in a doctor's uh, waiting room. I'm I'm fine, by the way. Thank you. And uh, th- there was this uh, family next to me, and this father, young father, was explaining to his daughter, who was about I don't know five or six what a newspaper is because she'd found a newspaper there and picked it up and said what's this <laughs> and and he he was saying that this you know it's a way that it's he said it's like your tablet but instead of you know flicking left or right you you turn the page and she was like oh my god that's amazing and uh, and then she was he was saying you know people, this is how you get to know what the news is it's like what and and he was saying that like here you see it says the chicken prices have gone up you're blowing my mind and um and then so he gave the newspaper to her to, to, to have a go with. And, and she thought she broke it because she tore the paper. So said, oh, no, I've broken it. And uh, he said, no, it's fine. <laughs> don't, don't worry. Um, it still works. And uh, it was so sweet. And it made me wonder, I, you know, I was thinking, I don't think my mother ever told me anything from her time, technologically, that blew my mind. But she has told me things about the way that she lived that kind of blow my mind that I went back with her just a few years ago to where she grew up. And she would show me how she would walk miles up and down steep hills, all on her own as a young girl, just to go and see a baby. <laughs> and, uh, and I was thinking, this is crazy. And then she, would, then she also told me how one of her friends when she was at school got shot dead. And all the children had to file past, had to file past the dead body. <laughs> and I was thinking, what age did you grow up in? And because in her time, all these men came back from the war and they brought their guns back and, and they were just like drunk and shooting people. Uh, so it's not that I think my mother ever told me anything about technology that blew my mind, but the way that she grew up and the way she describes it, it it's so alien. And I think it's interesting because the three of us are like three different generations. Uh, Zan perhaps a bit closer to me than than to Sabrina, uh, although Zan has children. And I think that the, we just had a conversation, the first topic there, where Sabrina was saying something that <laughs> to me was like, this is brand new, blowing my mind. Uh, but, but I wonder if the gap between, say, you and me, Sabrina, is perhaps smaller than the gap in a way between myself and my mother, her age. Because she would go to school on a horse and cart. Uh, Seriously? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is crazy. I think recently, like, um, so uh, during uh, Raya, I went back to my mom's hometown in Melaka and we kind of like went through lah, like where um, her old house and where she used to go to school. And I'm like, oh, so you walked to school? Yeah, I walked to school. And then we actually went through the road where she went to school and was like, are we there yet? No, this, you walked all the way. We're in the car. We're driving, and it's like really hard. Like you walk every day. Yeah, yes. Yeah, like, okay, I couldn't even like fathom like when my parents were driving without like Waze or Google Maps or whatever. Like I can't live without it. I'm just so bad at like reading sign words. I don't really say where you're going. They're just saying like your general direction. Like how do you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I, I and now with the use of Waze, I actually have no idea where I'm going. 
I have no if there was a time. I mean, I think I hadn't paid my bill or something, and I couldn't use the four G. And it was doing a route which I've always ways. It was like I have no idea where it is. <laughs> I can't remember how I used to drive without ways. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that part of my brain has been completely erased. The sort of the, the, yeah. the part that remembers things. <laughs> Spatial awareness. It started out with phone numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Someone asked me the other day, like, so what is your wife's phone number? Um, <laughs> um, it's Pita uh, One. <laughs> yeah. No, but also, another thing that my mother showed me, because uh, she lived in a very hilly area. And so it would be down st- steep hills, up, up a steep hill. And she was saying how they used to bicycle in these places. And so this was a, with a single speed bicycle from the 1930s and it was essentially like cycling up a the side of a building um i don't know you people were just physically superhuman that what you had to put up with and yet my mother my mother will be like you know if if a product is like half a second past the sell-by date she'll throw it away um i was like well how did you grow up did you didn't have sell-by dates on a a live chicken <laughs> they just go by vibes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I just, I, I mean, Zana, have you, have you, you, you got kids? So you're presumably having to explain to them things all the time. Uh, several years ago, on the, the newspaper thing, right? Uh, my daughter actually thought that newspapers in the olden days were like the newspaper in Harry Potter, where it had moving images. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> because of the iPad, you know what I mean? Yeah, so she, yeah. she really thought that that was how newspapers were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, like my father, I remember when, when uh, I was growing up and um, Malay, Muslim, I had to get circumcised, right? Uh, and when I was a kid, my, my parents took me to Museum Negara. And Museum Negara had this elaborate exhibition on the traditional way of circumcision oh, yeah. for Malay. Yeah. And it's like men will hold the kid down you know, with your arms and all that. And then, you know, they would take the, the you know, the bamboo blade thing and <laughs> chop it off in front of everyone. And I thought my father had to go through that. And I asked my father, Daddy, did you go for, do you know when you were in the kampung, in kampung, you had to do this. Uh. And then my father said, no, actually, I, I went to the clinic, there was a doctor, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. And I had to go to the clinic too. But my son, at birth, they had a cup. The cup slipped it off and the cup remained there. And three days later, the cup fell off and it was done. Uh, but I thought it was like, oh, that's like a Jewish thing, though. I didn't know. I didn't know that was done here. <laughs> oh, okay. So, sorry, Sabrina. This is a guy no, talk. No, it's new to me too. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're being privy to some some pretty intimate guy talk here. <laughs> okay. So, uh, I just one one final thing was um, I think that for me the mind blowing thing that I had absolutely nothing to do with previous generations, but a moment when I kind of realised that I was on a cusp into a brand new age was when actually when Steve Jobs presented the iPad for the first time and and his hand sort of touched this screen and then it just sort of changed and it was like uh, this is a brand new era <laughs> life life will never be the same again i want that now yeah it wasn't we have memes now <laughs> yeah now now yeah now i got memes uh, <laughs> i'm i'm still on the ipad um okay well that 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 uh, brings us to the end of that part so uh, in a moment though we're going to be uh talking about um well, uh, happier stuff you know what happens when your heroes die here on a bit of culture bfm 89.9 
And we're back with myself, Cam Raslans, Rina Yusuf, and Zan Asli. And now, Zan, Zan is going through a midlife crisis because he wants to talk about what happens when your heroes die. Yes, midlife crisis. Thanks for putting it into perspective, Cam. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. I have never felt old. Never. People say I have Peter Pan syndrome, <laughs> right? But then, a couple of years ago, it suddenly hit me that I am getting old. You know, full transparency, I'm 44 this year. I wouldn't say that's very old. I'm not 94. That's right? pretty old. But, uh, pretty old. <laughs> yeah. right? yeah. um, but it started to hit me with all these heroes I had in my youth were dying off one by one. And I felt like my youth was just one by one, just, just, just dying. It started out with Harold Ramis, the guy from uh, Ghostbusters. Right, Egon Spengler from Ghostbusters. So when I watched the, the new Ghostbusters, where the old Ghostbusters came back and they had a reunion, I cried my eyeballs out, okay? Then after that, uh, Danny Tanner, Bob Saget from Full House, he passed away, right? Uh, uh, Chris Cornell from Soundgarden passed away. Last month, Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters passed away. Yes, two days ago, Ray Liotta from Goodfellas passed away hmm. it's 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 uh it's it's uh it's crazy yeah um and now i am starting to feel oh my god i'm gonna pass away oh really <laughs> mortality issues you know really <laughs> oh well no uh, no no not really but uh I, I started to think that i have always enjoyed every stage of my life from when i was in kindergarten i still remember a lot of my one day when I was in kindergarten, I had a I had a girlfriend in kinder, kindergarten in June, right? Then I went to primary school. And I really enjoyed my primary school. I went to secondary school. Um, um, uh, I, I I went to boarding school. Then I went to university, and I had my coming of age brothers that were with me at that time. Still my friends until now. And and then I got married, had kids. Now I'm at the stage, and I've always wanted to enjoy. I've always enjoyed every stage of my life. But in the recent four or five years, all I've been really thinking about is nostalgia. I'm really excited to go and watch the new Top Gun. Maybe I don't. I don't want to jinx it. I hope Tom Cruise doesn't die too soon. <laughs> well, you know, Zan, there's a lot to look forward to. Also, when you get older, I mean, there's uh, hernias and, <laughs> and eating soft food uh, very early, going to bed very early. Uh, oh, you know, it's, it's not all bad. I'm getting, I'm getting skin tags now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's that's young man stuff. But uh, Sabrina, you know, when 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 uh, when Zan was was listing off these people, you were nodding your head. Taylor yeah, Hawkins. Yeah, yeah, Taylor Hawkins said, uh, but no, it's a lot. I think um, when you kind of like brought up the topic of this whole thing, immediately um, in my head, it was um, oh, to me that was like Alan Rickman. You know, when when he passed, it was really like ah, so it's not just like he's 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 no longer he's this um I guess character or person, but he's also like a part of that. Um, it's nostalgia. Like he's a part of that part of my life so much. You know, in 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 the things that we consume and stuff. So, oh, that person is just not gonna be doing stuff anymore. I won't be able to see. And this is not this is just not around. But yeah, no, it it, it is kind of like I guess uh good reminder of mortality and the passage of time and <laughs> and you know to i don't know maybe you should meet your heroes even though they're <laughs> that's okay <laughs> yeah sorry it's funny you know actually because um the, the list of people that you listed apart from say harold ramis and stuff were actually people who are younger than me <laughs> uh and and were popular 
after me, my my time. So for me, the first was uh, John Lennon when John Lennon got shot. Yeah, of course, yeah. In 1980. And you mentioned uh, Alan Rickman. He uh, he died at the age of 69, the same year as David Bowie. So for for me, when David Bowie died, it was like... But I... Um, I know I, I was younger. I was way younger than John Lennon when he died. So he seemed like a really old man. He wasn't even forty. Mm. <laughs> he was like, oh, you know, he had a rich and long life, you know. <laughs> but no, it's what he was only. He was only four. Well, of course, my father died at the same age. So I mean, I, I guess I, it's been burnt into me already. But mm. I don't know. I it doesn't. I I never. I, reflections of mortality. It never that hasn't really. No. No. It hasn't made you want to look at your insurance policy and who are your benefactors and <laughs> I don't know I think I'm, I mentioned my father dying when I was very young I mean that that had you know that it just burnt into you it's like it's all gonna go <laughs> it's all extra time um and be thankful for it I guess also um I read an awful lot of history I love I love reading history so everybody I'm reading about is already dead <laughs> So you've gone That's through true. the whole thing already. You've, you've yeah. done that. <laughs> yeah. And so with every word I am, with every word I'm reading, I'm thinking kind of like what you're thinking, son. It's like processing, I'm really absorbed by Emperor Leopold II. And it's amazing what, what he's up to. But hang on a second. He died 500 years ago. It's like, it's all done. It's all done and dusted. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, you're way younger than us, Sabrina, it has to be said. But... The Alan Rickman for you, was that the Alan Rickman of the Harry Potter movies? Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, because, you know, that was really, that was a really big thing uh, back then. It still is, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Now, um, um, I guess people who have grown up now, uh, people my age now have grown up with that a lot. And then, I don't know, I think w- when you mentioned it, I was just also thinking about, like, who are the future, you know, Taylor Hawkins or Alan Rickman's of my time? Is it the yeah. people that I've been watching every day on YouTube, for example, or like the people that I, you know, whose music I listen to, the people on the screen who I still watch? So, when you're thinking like, oh, whether uh, you're, you're next then, or I'm also thinking out who's, who, who in my playlist is like, you know, kind of there, like I gotta be, <laughs> I gotta go through the discography, or like I gotta start like uh, thinking about, you know, their, their life or whatever. But it's not just death, though. It's just it's also getting older, and looking older. I mean, I I, I kind of marvel at K-pop, at Blackpink and stuff because it's not factored in that they're going to get older, and they're going to look older. There's this eternal youth about them, and I don't know. I mean, like twenty years time. I don't think Black. I mean, you're going to watch Blackpink perform? No, I don't know. no. I think there are plenty of like. 40 plus 50 plus year old K-pops of the older generation uh, K-pop artists who still look pretty great I think they have that all cut out for them they got the skincare regimen and everything yeah. <laughs> so I think they're still gonna <laughs> they're still doing stuff I'm pretty sure <laughs> you should watch the New Kids on the Block reunion concert the New Kids on the Block reunion concert and see how old they got <laughs> yeah and, and is that is that how does that look how does that feel I, I, I don't know I, I didn't watch but you <laughs> should try <laughs> yeah because for me I've been actually like I've grown up with people who are getting older and and coping with them looking older that that to me is more shocking because it's like oh my god i don't look 18 anymore (laughs) in my head i think i'm still 18 but oh no i'm not okay well zan um i I wish us all luck i do hope that we all live forever and (laughs) (laughs) and uh 
But actually, no, seriously, though, of, of all these names you've mentioned, which is the one that hit you the hardest? People you don't know. What hit me the hardest? Yeah, but I remember you talked about Bob Saget a while ago. And that, Bob Saget. Saget, yes. that really got you. Bob Saget and Taylor Hawkins, because I grew up with them. They're so much a part of my life. Bob Saget was my second father. Turn on the TV, hey, Dad! <laughs> you know? Yeah. And Taylor Hawkins was uh, in a band that I thought I would grow old with. Mm. It was supposed to be the Rolling Stones of my generation, where I'd be like no hair and I'd bring my grandkids to the concert, you know? But it just dies off. Yeah. The, the amazing thing is Mick Jagger and Keith Richards are still here. <laughs> and they, they will, Keith Richards will be here forever. Uh, and Sabrina, you, you asked the question just now about who would be of this time. The, who, who do you think? I mean, I don't want to wish death. Upon I don't know. Anymore. Yeah, no, I mean, this it's not just like um, getting older and death. Also, I mean, you know, there's there's illnesses and whatever thing that happens later on in life. You don't know, right? I think it's just also like, just like taking a step back and and appreciating it a bit more of you know these these people and even like people who aren't even um, on Spotify, like you know people around you, people who 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 are in your life. Sort of getting older is like scary. I think a lot of people like try not to try to play down a bit. I'm like, no. Mom, I know you're scared of getting older. It's okay, <laughs> you know that sort of thing. But, but yeah. Yeah, you know it. It it is. We should do a thing about getting older one day. It is scary. <laughs> it is scary. And Zan, that's what you're facing now. So, so Zan didn't do a meme about getting older. He came on a bit of culture and did a topic. That's that's the kind of old school thing we like to do here. Yeah, so now, <laughs> but we, we're now going to move on to uh, recommendations. We recommend something that we think might be of interest. And Sabrina goes first. Uh, okay, so I think I'm going to have a proper, maybe proper recommendation this time compared to like last time. Uh, okay, so okay. it's something that I discovered um, on the way to work this morning. Uh, I was listening to the the soundtrack of Tony Hawk's American Wasteland, which is a 2005 <laughs> PlayStation 2 video game that was a big part of my childhood. So it's, since we were talking about nostalgia and everything. Uh, so I discovered it was on Spotify and I'm like, oh my God, I want to listen to this and so I was like really like angry on the way to work just listening to like punk rock so and I just realized that um the album is actually a cover of like 70s 80s pop uh no not uh, punk rock songs um by early 2000s uh bands like MCR Taking Back Sunday uh all of that stuff so I thought like as a kid I was like oh these people make great music I thought it was their songs but no, that's why I never found it on Spotify. It was actually a cover for this particular uh, video game. So if any of those things, my child, like, you know, pick your interest in skating or video games or uh, punk rock, uh, go check out the album. <laughs> it is on Spotify. It's great. I wish they would put all the other games soundtracks. It's very good. Well, Sabrina, you've just taken me on a journey, which which twists and turns <laughs> I didn't understand. You know, you drive down Jalan Punk Rock, <laughs> you turn left at video games. <laughs> yeah, that's like the that's the Venn diagram of like this thing. So it's music, and then there's video games, and then you know nostalgia and all that. Whoa! Yeah. You should try out the Vans Warped Tour playlist on Spotify. Oh, yeah, you okay. Get the songs too. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is also very like two thousands era. <laughs> yeah. Are you people speaking English? Do I? <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> What did Zan? So what did you just say? Check out the what? Warp tour. The, the, the Vans Warp tour. So Vans, the shoe company, used to do this oh, tour. Oh, oh, right. I think they still do, right? Skateboarding, BMX, I think and so. they music still, concerts. Yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, they have all these songs and bands that they would invite during these tours. Yeah. Okay. After, after this, I'm going to cleanse myself <laughs> by reading more about Emperor Leopold II. <laughs> I need to ground myself. Okay, so Sabrina's recommendation is, I have what I have no idea what your recommendation is. It's a soundtrack out. So it's music. It's music. It's not a video game. So it's soundtrack of a video game. Um, Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay, I I, I got to ask one more question. So w- when back in the day, you're playing the video game, and and you're you're doing going down various tunnels and corridors and shooting stuff or whatever, and so this music is playing. Uh, different tracks along the way. Yes, it's not yes, like just basically. generic sort of background. Boom, 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 boom. No, so there's, uh, so there's like there's the you know the your regular I guess um, scoring I guess when the you know the cutscenes play and then there's music, but there's also like as you're skating in the video game, there's like music playing. So that's the soundtrack of that. So it's and the video game takes a hell of a long time to play. So there must be like hundreds of tracks in 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 the middle of this game. I'm pretty sure there were more, but I think these were just the ones. I think there were like what ten ish, I think, tracks on this album. But it feels like I don't know. I was nine, I couldn't process things (laughs) properly, but I was like, Oh, this sounds good. Well (laughs) and now you got the soundtrack. Yeah, now I got the soundtrack. Okay. So uh well my recommendation is uh, as also a young person, young hip and groovy thing. It's brand new to, to me. It's Stranger Things. The new series has just come out and I I I really love Stranger Things. Actually I came late to it. Um, I thought it was all coming like Goonies and yeah, kids running around. And, uh, oh my god, Goonies! Okay, anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, Goonies is very much your your time. <laughs> and I thought, oh, you no, know, Goonies is fun, but like a whole series of just that. But no, but Stranger Things is 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 so much better. And if you haven't watched Stranger Things, um, obviously you've got to go from the beginning. You can't just jump into this new season. Uh, you're in for a treat because it's it's so clever and. And it's moving, and it's, and it's, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird that you say that, Jumpy, because I literally did just jump in. <laughs> like I watched oh. over the weekend. I watched the last episode, the huh? very only the very last episode of this new season. Uh-huh. Uh And I've only watched the first season through prior, so I didn't watch anything in between. So I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. And it's still like fun. I still like hooked. I'm still hooked on the show. So I might actually go back and watch from the beginning again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you do that. You like me. Yeah. But no, it's, it's great. And also, what the, I looked at the, the demographics of the age groups that enjoy um, Stranger Things. And I was very surprised to see it's very much a, a younger audience. I mean, I would expect a younger audience, but I would expect an older audience too, because it's set in the 80s and it's so redolent of 80s movies and music. I thought that an older crowd would would enjoy it more than they actually did. So anyway, Stranger Things, check it out. It's fantastic. So Zan, what is yours? Um, no, I was going to recommend Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> Because tonight, I'm, I'm forcing my kids to watch the first Top Gun because tomorrow, we bought tickets for the new Top Gun. <laughs> so, uh-huh. But that's not my recommendation. My recommendation is uh, Chuck Klosterman's uh, latest book, which is called The 90s. The 90s. <laughs> Chuck Klosterman wrote a book about the greatest decade there ever was, <laughs> the 90s. So uh, I'm, I'm about 20 pages in. It talks about everything that happened in the 90s. Everything from the music to Bill Clinton to uh, George Bush, you know, everything. So, so I'm, I'm going to, in the spirit of nostalgia, I'm going to say, yes, please get Chuck Postman's latest book, 
It's called the 90s. Presumably <laughs> it has a chapter or two on Mahathir as well then. <laughs> I think so. If you look through the glossary, you'll find it. <laughs> yeah. And what would the 90s be without Mahathir? <laughs> who? Chuck who? Sorry, what? Klosterman. It's Chuck Klosterman. Yeah, Chuck Klosterman. He's, a, well, in the 90s and the 2000s, he was a pop culture writer. Uh, and uh, yeah, he, he was a columnist uh, and he used to write a lot about uh, music during that time. Uh, he wrote a book called uh, Death and Cocoa Pops or something like that, where he went to all these locations where a rock star killed themselves. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be very yeah, good. yeah, yeah. So yeah. He's, he writes a lot about pop culture. Last. So now he's about my age. He's about my age and he's, yeah. He's very so, like a Rolling Stone writer or something like that. Yeah, yeah. He used to write for Rolling Stone too, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Mm, and Spin Magazine and all that, yeah. Right, right, right. Oh, okay, mm. sounds good. Sounds good. So, uh, well, that brings us to the end of this week's show. And, um, well, special thanks to Sabrina Yusuf. Thank you. Thank you for having who me. Who said a bunch of things I didn't understand at the time. <laughs> but I, I'm really thankful. Um, and uh, Zan Asli. Thank you. Good luck with that mortality thing. <laughs> I don't know what to say. What do you say to a person who's just opened up like that? Um, anyway, and myself, Cam Ruslan. And so please join us next week for another exciting episode of A Bit of Culture here on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.